0: The Cinematic Sound Radio Top 10. Welcome to another edition of the Cinematic Sound Radio Top 10. My name is Eric Woods and I'm your host. Thank you very much for tuning in. On today's program, as voted by you on Twitter, I am going to be featuring, instead of the top 10 love themes of all time, which is what I was planning on doing, everyone on Twitter decided that they wanted to hear more music from Trek, Star Trek, which celebrated its 50th anniversary on September 8th, created by Gene Roddenberry. The original series actually only ran for three seasons. On NBC, it was followed by an animated series, and then feature films, and of course, the very popular Star Trek, the next generation television series, many, many more series, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, there's a new television series coming out next year, Star Trek is still going strong, and the Star Trek, new Star Trek film series, three films, which began in 2009, directed by J.J. Abrams, is doing well as well as the third film debuted earlier on this year. And before we begin the program, I just want to give a shout-out again to David Cosina, who has provided us with yet another new variation on the Cinematic Sound Radio theme and fanfare. And what you've just heard off the top of the program is that new Cinematic Sound Radio theme and fanfare, which is now... The official theme for the Cinematic Sound Radio Top 10. Again, David Casina, you're a genius. I love you. Thank you very much for everything you've done for this program. And folks out there, if you can check out his music, I highly recommend you do. I'll put a link to David's music on the Cinematic Sound Radio webpage and in the show notes of this program. Thanks again, David. You are fantastic. Number, Number 10. 10. So we're going to play 10 tracks for you on today's program, and we're going to start off with music from the 1996 Next Generation picture, the second Next Generation picture. However, it was the first one featuring just only the Next Generation cast, and the film was called Star Trek First Contact. It's a fantastic film, in my humble opinion, featuring the greatest nemesis that the Next Generation crew has ever faced, next to Q, of course, the nemesis, of course, in this movie was The Borg. It's a time travel film and it's highlighted by an incredible sequence called The Flight of the Phoenix. The Phoenix, of course, the very first ever earthbound warp ship that was detected by the Vulcans. The Flight of the Phoenix track was composed actually by, by Jerry Goldsmith's son, Jill Goldsmith, featuring a heroic, noble, exciting cue for the launch of the Phoenix, which then segues into a climactic battle between Picard and Data, and the Borg Queen. This track wasn't available on the original soundtrack recording when it was originally released in 1996. This track has only become available due to the expanded edition of Star Trek First Contact, available on GNP Crescendo Records. So our number 10 Star Trek track of all time is Flight of the Phoenix, composed by Joel Goldsmith, who provided additional music for this film which was mostly composed by Jerry Goldsmith. This is Star Trek First Contact, released in 1996. Number 9. Now, in at number 9 is music from the television series Star Trek The Next Generation, featuring music by Ron Jones for the 1990 two-part episode The Best of Both Worlds. Now, you're going to notice there's going to be some overlap from our Star Trek episode that we featured back in July. And that's just the way things are going to be. I have my favorite Trek scores, and most of my favorite Trek scores have my favorite track tracks. And we presented music from this score on the program a few months ago, and I'm going to play right now for you my favorite track from that episode, and it's the track called Captain Borg. This is the final track that ends part one, the season cliffhanger of the best of both worlds. Now, as I mentioned, the original score could have easily been a film score. The show itself, the two-part episode, is one of the best episodes of Star Trek that actually could have been a film itself as well. It's exciting, thrilling, emotive, such an interesting episode, a wonderful character study of William Riker. And one of the best tracks, as I said, is the finale cue, which is quite iconic. Featuring blasts of the orchestra playing in unison as Riker gives the order to fire upon the Borg and his kidnapped captain. This is an incredible cue from, as I said, one of my all-time favorite episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Here is the track Captain Borg from The Best of Both Worlds. Original score composed by Ron Jones. This is our number nine Star Trek cue of all time. In at number 8 is an interesting choice because I had to pick between this track and yet another track from the same score. We're going to listen to music from Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, a film released in 1989, which many have hailed to be one of the worst Star Trek films of all time, which was directed by William Shatner. He basically ran out of money on this film, the special effects weren't even done. However, it did have an interesting story and interesting idea as the crew of the Enterprise are basically hijacked by a man who wants to go and find God at the edge of the universe, or the galaxy. An interesting premise, and I think if they had more time to flesh out the screenplay and get those effects finished, this film might have had a better outcome. It really is one of those rare Star Trek films that actually feels like one of the Star Trek episodes. They actually go somewhere and explore a strange new world and try to find new life and new civilizations. The original score for the film is composed by Jerry Goldsmith, who was brought back by William Shatner for the very first time since scoring the first Star Trek feature film, Star Trek The Motion Picture. Now, as I said, I was going to pick between this cue and the one that I wanted to play. Now, the track I wanted to play was the main titles from this film score, but all I wanted to play was the mountain theme that Jerry Goldsmith composed, but that only makes up about a minute and a half of the queue itself. First half is the main title, and then there's some ominous material right at the end. So instead, I decided to play a track that first introduced me to Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Now, the first time I ever heard this cue was off a 1990 album recorded by Eric Kunzel in the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra called Fantastic Journey. The track is called A Busy Man, and Eric Kunzel recorded it for this album. And again, I was very new to film score collecting at the time. I owned this album and the greatest fantasy adventure album by the Cincinnati Pops as well through Telarc Records. And these compilations really introduced me to a wide range of film scores that I would eventually be familiar with and get later on in my collecting and listening days. But as I was brand new to film scoring in the 1990s, 93, 94, hearing this album and hearing this piece, it was something completely brand new to me, and I really, really enjoyed this piece. And what's interesting about this cue is that the thematic material in the cue would eventually become the captain's theme in Jerry Goldsmith's subsequent Next Generation film scores. So here now is a busy man from Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, featuring the music of composer Jerry Goldsmith. Number 7 in at number 7 is a track from a score that doesn't get a lot of recognition I really enjoy Dennis McCarthy's Star Trek generation score a film released in 1994 was the first next generation film score however it still had a few remaining members from the original cast in the film as well it was a time-traveling adventure it's a fun film although again quite uneven screenplay could have used some work as well as some of the special effects but still a fun film to watch anyway the film score i really enjoy i enjoy Dennis mccarthy's themes and i also enjoy his incredible action music especially during the big battle between the klingon cruiser and the soon to be doomed enterprise the track we're going to play for you right now is as I said an incredible exciting action cue called Outgunned it's a three and a half minute action cue it's thrilling and one of my all time favorite cues from Star Trek right now it enters in at number seven on Cinematic Sound Radio's favorite Star Trek tracks of all time In at number 6 is music from Star Trek 6, The Undiscovered Country, released in 1991 and was the last film to feature exclusively the cast of the original Star Trek television series. Nicholas Meyer was brought in once again to direct this film. He had directed quite possibly the most popular and best Star Trek film, Star Trek II. He also contributed to the writing of Star Trek IV. Having been brought in in Star Trek VI, it was a breath of fresh air. He created a wonderful murder mystery on board the Starship Enterprise, and he also brought in yet another fresh voice to compose the music for the film. In Star Trek II, they couldn't afford Jerry Goldsmith, so Meyer brought in James Horner for Star Trek 6 instead of bringing back Jerry Goldsmith who wrote the music for Star Trek 5 he brought in yet another new face Cliff Eidelman who was just at the beginning of his career he had written music for Magdalene, Triumph of the Spirit and then and he wrote an impressive demo that eventually got him the job for Star Trek 6 and instead of writing a traditional overture for the film he wrote this menacing almost Gustav Holtz type overture. Which had more of a sense of dread than optimism. However, when we get to the end of the film and after the original Star Trek crew saves the day, he signs them off with this wonderful, almost three and a half minute tribute piece. The cue is simply called Sign Off, and during the last few moments of this piece, each member of the original cast has their name signed in the stars as Cliff Edelman's music. Accompanies their farewell. Here now is sign off from Star Trek VI The Undiscovered Country by Cliff Edelman, my number six all time favorite Star Trek Q. number five is music from star trek insurrection we singled out this cue back on our star trek program a few months ago and it is called on the new expanded edition of star trek insurrection how old are you and new site however which is called new Sight on the original recording when the film originally came out back in 1998. this is one of my favorite moments from a, a not a very good movie i don't like this film very much but this scene features Jean-Luc Picard and his love interest, a Baku woman. The scene is called The Perfect Moment, where Donna Murphy's character makes time stand still for Picard. Jerry Goldsmith gets a great workout of his love theme in this scene, featuring warm woodwinds, synthesizers, and orchestral accompaniment. Just a fantastic, fantastic moment in the film, and a cue I return to quite often. Again, this is my number five favorite Star Trek cue of all time. How old are you and new sight? With original score composed by Jerry Goldsmith from Star Trek Insurrection, released in 1998. Four. In at number four is the only track from the new Star Trek films. I guess they call them now the Star Trek Kelvin Timeline films. There are three of them so far. And the first film was released in 2009, directed by J.J. Abrams, featuring original score by Michael Giacchino. The opening of the film takes place about 20 years before James T. Kirk takes command of the starship Enterprise. The opening prologue features the Federation starship USS Kelvin, and they're investigating a lightning storm in space. A Romulan ship, the Narada, emerges from the storm and attacks the Kelvin. Now, the Kelvin's captain... Decides to leave the ship and negotiate a truce between the captain of the Romulan ship, Nero. He then, before leaving, he gives command to the ship over to George Kirk, who is the Calvin's first officer and James T. Kirk's father. During the negotiations, Nero kills the captain of the Calvin, which then forces George Kirk to pilot the Calvin. On a collision course with the Narada in order to save his wife and eventually his son, who is born at the same time, ends up being James T. Kirk. I have never, ever, ever cried during a Star Trek movie. Not even during Spock's death, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which is arguably the most emotional moment in the Star Trek film series. But for me, the most emotional moment is just as George Kirk is about to sacrifice himself in order to save his wife and his son. He hears the cries of his son. And then just before, just before crashing into the Romulan ship, George Kirk and his wife name their son. And Michael Giacchino just plays up the emotion of that scene so well in a three-minute queue called Labor of Love. He plays against the action, plays against the tragedy. He scores the love between a husband, his wife, and his newly born son. It's my fourth favorite Star Trek queue of all time. This is Labor of Love from Michael Giacchino's Star Trek, released in 2009. Unit number three comes from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And this track that I'm going to play for you right now plays over my, might be my favorite scene in the movie because it shows Kirk's vulnerability, but also his genius as captain of the Starship Enterprise. After receiving a distress call from Regular One, Kirk pilots the Enterprise full of trainees to the planet only to be ambushed and crippled by the Reliant, which is now captained by Khan and leads to the deaths and injuries of many of the trainees. Khan hails the enterprise and offers to spare Kirk's crew. If they relinquish all material related to Genesis, a device that can bring life to dead planets. In this scene, Kirk stalls for time and uses the Reliance prefix code to remotely lower its shields, allowing the Enterprise to counterattack. Khan is then forced to retreat and make repairs, while the Enterprise limps to regular one. Kirk in this scene thinks he can do everything by himself, but then he's caught with his britches down and is shown as a vulnerable captain and not as invincible as many people thinks he is. However, the scene ends by showing just how brilliant he is under pressure. For this scene, James Horner writes a slow burn of a cue, which kind of reminds me of the ingredients that eventually went into James Horner's propulsive action cue for aliens called Bishop's Countdown. And then when Kirk's explosive reply is sent, Horner sends the orchestra into a frenzy, a heroic frenzy, as the Enterprise escapes from what could have been one of the most disastrous situations in Federation history. And now, here is my number three favorite Star Trek track of all time, Kirk's Explosive Reply, from James Horner's classic score to the 1982 film, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Number two. Our number two Star Trek Q of all time is for most people the greatest Q of all time out of all the Star Trek films, television shows, and video games. It's called the Enterprise from Star Trek The Motion Picture. We talked about it at length during our Star Trek tribute, a few months ago. And for that show, I played a re-recorded version of The Enterprise. What we're going to play for you right now is the classic cue that eventually ended up in the film from the original soundtrack recording, a scene that is any film composer's dream, a scene, a scene that is almost all visuals and no dialogue and sound effects. For this cue alone, Jerry Goldsmith should have won the Academy Award back in 1979. What we're going to play for you right now is the cleaned up, newly restored version of the cue that was available on La La Land Records' brilliant three CD set of the original score to Star Trek The Motion Picture. Here again is Jerry Goldsmith's The Enterprise, my personal number two favorite Star Trek track of all time. Mentions. Before we get into our number one track, Star Trek track of all time, I'm gonna play a couple of honorable mentions, and this is something I think I'm gonna do on future episodes of the top ten series. Now, I mentioned this first track earlier on in the program, as this was the track I was gonna pick instead of a busy man from Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. So as an honorable mention, I'm going to play the mountain, also known as the main titles, from Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. It's not so much the main theme or what happens during the latter portions of this cue. It's just this wonderful transition from the main theme into a wonderful, glorious, pastoral theme that Goldsmith writes as James Kirk's on shore leave, climbing one of the mountains at Yosemite National Park. ...will then play a cue that I also played on my Star Trek show back in July... ...and it was played during the Star Trek Nemesis suite... ...and I really, really enjoy this cue more and more as I've listened to it more times now... ...after that program than I had before. The track is called Battle Plans... ...and for this cue, as I stated back in July... ...is one of the most heroic, most heartfelt expression of Star Trek's classic sound which comes not from the familiar theme, but from a noble new theme for Captain Picard as he tours the Enterprise before battle. So right now for you, two honorable mentions in our countdown of the best Star Trek tracks of all time. Here is The Mountain, main titles, Jerry Goldsmith's Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, and another cue from Jerry Goldsmith, the 2002 film Star Trek Nemesis called Battle Stations. Number one. My number one Star Trek cue of all time should come as no surprise to anybody who has listened to my July Star Trek program, who has followed me on Twitter and on Facebook. I've posted this scene and this piece of music many, many times before, and it comes from the film Star Trek III The Search for Spock, released in 1984. The track is called Stealing the Enterprise and this plays over Kirk and the rest of the Star Trek original crew as they hijack the Star Trek Enterprise from space dock and escape the Starbase en route to saving Spock from the Genesis planet. I mentioned this back in July that if you watch the scene without music it pretty much is dead. It's a lot of static shots, not a lot of movement, slow-moving spaceships and whatnot. It's an eight-minute sequence that James Horner saves with his music. James Horner transforms this scene from something rather dull and lifeless into one of the most exciting, thrilling, and perfectly scored moments in the history of Star Trek. And not just in the history of Star Trek, but also in the history of film. This one just narrowly beats out The Enterprise by Jerry Goldsmith. But if I had to reclassify them, Stealing Enterprise is my 1A to The Enterprise, which is my 1A. Before this particular program, here now is my number one favorite Star Trek Q of all time, Stealing the Enterprise by James Horner from Star Trek Three, The Search for Spock. Thank you very much for listening to this program. I really hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email me at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. Also, check me out on Twitter, Sound Radio, and on Facebook at Cinematic Sound. Also, check out the Cinematic Sound Radio webpage, Cinematic sound.net. And until we meet again, take care and happy listening. Whoa.